All wisdom comes from the Lord and is with him forever. The sand of the sea, the drops of rain, and the days of eternity. Who can count them? The height of heaven, the breadth of the earth, the abyss, and wisdom. Who can search them out? Our first lesson this morning tells us that wisdom is from God. Even those who use wisdom with craftiness and deceit are using a gift of God for their own ends. This is not terribly unusual in the world of men. Can you imagine using a gift of God for our own ends, for our own desires, for our own benefits? Just to state the obvious, God has given us the gift of sexual intimacy for marriage. Do you think that there might be a few people out there in our culture alone who are using the gift for their own ends, for their own pleasure? This happens across the board with wisdom. Do you ever wish that you were wiser? Well, think on that as I continue to preach this sermon. I, sometimes I go, you're not very wise, Foos. You're not very smart in the ways of wisdom. There's a difficult passage in the scriptures which you may have pondered from time to time with this idea in mind. Jesus is sending out the 12 disciples into the world with instructions. Part of these instructions include Jesus saying to them, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. First of all, for a literary professor, that is a very sharp passage. For we all know that sheep are about the dumbest creatures on earth. Wolves are cunning and they're going to lay in wait and they're going to eat the sheep. And then you start reading literature and it's everywhere. And wolves are not ever, not once, a positive creature in literature. Jesus says, behold, I'm sending you a sheep among wolves. And they're going, uh, hmm, can I rethink this? Therefore, he continues, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Another translation says it like this. So be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Wise as serpents is hard. Shrewd can be hard. Now this is a hard saying altogether, isn't it? To try to figure out what do we do with this? Jesus is saying this to the 12. Be wise. Be shrewd. Many of us get the innocent as doves part down pretty well and then wonder what happened when a crafty person mows us down without us ever seeing it coming. You ever been there? Like, oh no, I'm going to be kind. I'm going to trust. I'm going to say, no, I'm going to be a faithful Christian. And then pretty soon you're lying on the ground bleeding. You didn't see it coming. We are called to use God's gift of wisdom faithfully and to even be shrewd with it. And we're called to do that to God's glory and for the growth of the kingdom. 
as I said, this is sometimes hard to, to wrestle with and figure out what that means in any given situation in our lives. Our author of this text, Ecclesiasticus, Ben Sirah of Jerusalem, tells us that wisdom is the first creation of God. Wisdom was created before all things, he says, and prudent understanding from eternity. The Lord himself created wisdom. He saw her and apportioned her. He poured her out upon all his works. Notes one scholar, wisdom originates from God with whom it existed before the creation of heaven and earth, but it came into existence through the creative act of God, and it is to be seen in all of his works. God is the source of all wisdom, but our writer is pointing out that God creates it in some sense for the entire creation. The entire creation that he's involved in making at the time when he creates wisdom. He continues, the, the, the scholar continues, some measure of wisdom is granted to all men, but to those who love God it is given without measure. I'm not so sure that our abilities are to receive it with all, without any measure at once. I think that we have to grow into it. We have to grow in our maturity to Honestly, to even see it half the time, right? Remember, at this point in our scholar's note, reference a New Testament epistle, St. James' words on this topic. If any one of you lacks wisdom, says St. James, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach. Liberally. A lot, right? Freely. And it will be given to him. Now, St. James adds the element of faith. Don't doubt that you will be given this wisdom. And that's a measure of maturity right there, isn't it? Our scholar, again. Ben Sirah, our author, in common with the writers of the wisdom literature generally, by the way, St. James' epistle in the New Testament is a wisdom piece of literature. It fits into that topic of wisdom literature. Ben Sira never uses wisdom in the sense of pure knowledge. It always has a definitely religious content. Although used in a very wide way and covering all that would come into the term worldly wisdom, it is not for that reason the less religious in its nature. For though the moral precepts and sage counsels with which the book abounds may be different enough from divine wisdom, yet all emanate from the same source. All are ultimately to be traced back to the giver of all good things, and all therefore partake in some degree of a religious nature." So though there are differences in the kind of wisdom employed by mankind, even practical wisdom of the world owes its existence to the source of all things, our creator. And thus, says Ben Shira, it is religious in some sense. That's back to James 2. All good gifts come from God who is above. Again, sexual intimacy is religious for God made it and made it for good and for his glory in a specific context. 
But that gift can be used in evil ways and for evil ends. Thus also wisdom. Even the practical, even the very complicated, even the very shrewd can be used for evil ends. After all, Jesus did say that he was sending his disciples out as sheep in the midst of wolves, not border collies or Labrador retrievers, wolves. Knowledge is important. Don't get me wrong. I have run a school for almost 25 years. I believe that knowledge is important. But I do hope that in the context of our training, education, and formation of our students, I do hope that we're all keeping wisdom in mind. And we talk about this. Like, hey, it's good to know this stuff. But it's in the use of the knowledge. It's in the wise use of the knowledge that you're going to gain from this. Knowledge without wisdom doesn't get us very far. I suppose it makes you a good dictionary or encyclopedia. But that's about it. The psalmist tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but the fools, fool, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So it's broken out a little bit in the proverb. Ben Sirah says in verse 8, There is one who is wise, greatly to be feared, sitting upon his throne. It's the same basic language, the fear of the Lord. He goes on after the end of our lesson this morning to say that the fear of the Lord is glory and exultation and gladness and a crown of rejoicing. The fear of the Lord delights the heart and gives gladness and joy and long life. With him who fears the Lord, it will go well at the end. On the day of his death, he will be blessed. To fear the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, echoing the psalm. She is created with the faithful in the womb. It's a gift of God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Therefore, my friends, let us fear the Lord and maker of the universe. Indeed, the one who has redeemed that universe, the one who watched his people from a distance in our gospel lesson this morning and wept for them. For wisdom has a tender heart, and wisdom seeks to mend and to minister and to love. The use of wisdom is difficult. It takes wisdom to use it well. It is a continual growth, and as we grow, and as we learn, and as we grow in wisdom, we will know how to use it more wisely. So the heart that wants to minister to and to love on people is fantastic. We have to have that heart. I once had someone who was very young who wanted to go to the ends of the world and be a missionary. Said, well, you might need to grow in training and wisdom and in knowledge And have some life experience to grow so that you can do that. Well, why? I don't don't need to grow. I just need to love people. Well, when you're laying on the ground bloody, you start to discover, maybe I need to grow. And yes, for sure, love the people right next to you. 
and then start to love the people all in all the pews, and then start to love the, the neighborhood, and then the community, and before you know it, you'll be ready to go on the mission field. Might only take 10, 15 years, or it might take 30 or 40 for some of us. Some of us are slow learners, and don't, don't be upset with those people. Every time you think you're being a quick learner and your wisdom is growing immensely and you get proud of it, then you don't have any wisdom, right? And every time you actually do start to grow, you can always point to someone who's a much quicker learner than you. You can also point to the people that are slower learners. We all have the pace that we have, but wisdom is for ministry. Wisdom is for the glory of God. Wisdom is for the kingdom. So use your gifts, my friends, where our epistle was talking about we all have gifts. Use your gifts. Use what God has given you. Use them with great respect and awe of the giver. For everything you have is given of him. Nothing you have is your own making. You are a steward. You are a steward of your money, your finance, you're a steward of the things that you have. You're a steward of your family, steward of your relationships. You are a steward of the gifts, the spiritual gifts that God has given you. The talents that you have. You are a steward. So are you being a wise steward and investing what God has given you so that you may come out with more at the end of a shorter period than waking up when you're 60 going, hmm, maybe I should have done something with that. Because God is a great God and we should be rightly fearful of God, not trembling in abject horror Although coming face to face with God seems to have that kind of response, like from Isaiah, right? When he's in the presence of God, I'm dead. I'm so dead. Be respectful and awestruck of who God is. Be respectful and awestruck of the gifts he's given you. Whatever talents and gifts and spiritual gifts you have, God gave them to you. Use them well in wisdom for the benefit of others, for the growth of his kingdom, for the glory of God, with humility, with wisdom. Love and mend those and help those, in need, those who need it and help them. Amen.